When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. are listening to the urban sports scene with will t and myself wole the homie ray jeezy is out and we are part of empire media what's good will t nothing much let's get the show started so we can get lake on look at you <laughs> get it hey, <laughs> empire media hosts multiple dmv sports podcast shows such as the john kind report hosted by espn washington commanders uh, insider john kind uh um, also, sorry, um, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. You, sus- you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene Facebook, I mean, YouTube channel as well. All right. This All show right. can be found on... Podcast DC, the local app. That's what we're partners for, man. I'm That's here to, I'm here to pick you, you up when you're down Thank and you. just invite you. Appreciate person, you, man. man. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app, with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Do- download the Podcast DC app to hear all of our Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, Join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. <laughs> here's what we here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about what I mean, we'll talk about what ha- what's happening at Washington Commanders training camp and their upcoming preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. We will have Sports Journeys Commanders reporter Lake Lewis Jr. on the show. He is also one of the main personalities on ABC Morning News. For WOAY TV um, at 8:20, we'll debate whether the Washington Wizards should trade for guard Colin Sexton. At 8:35, we'll talk about Kevin Durant wanting Brooklyn, wanting the Brooklyn Nets to fire coach Steve Nash and GM Sean Marks. Finally, we'll preview the upcoming Junior Welterweight Showdown between Tiafimo Lopez and Pedro Campa. Uh, but first, right now, we have Sports Journey's Washington Commanders reporter, Lake Lewis, on the line. What's good, Lake? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Blessed, man. Appreciate you being on there, man. I know that you're very busy, so we're going to get you out of here real quick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, Lake. Appreciate awesome. That. Also, you know, I had to come on, but yeah, they, they, I, I, I got a dinner date. <laughs> I know I got you, Lake. Also, I want to mention again, uh, Lake is one of the main personalities on ABC Morning News for WOAY TV. So I'll make sure I, you know, I give you all the plugs, Lake. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, Lake. Um, let me ask you a question. You've been at training camp. Who's caught your eye so far? 
I mean, it's, I think the young guys are the ones that are, that are, you know, definitely stepping up. Um, Sam Howe, you know, um, I do, I just, I like what I see with him. I mean, he's raw, obviously, uh, as a rookie, but, you know, you can tell that he has some kind of command of a pro offense. You know, I guess that's what they did in North Carolina under Mac Brown because he makes quick decisions with the football and he doesn't look like a rookie that's, you know, in over his head um, so much so that I think if he can come out and have a couple really strong preseason games, it's going to make the team think about, you know, are you carrying three quarterbacks or are you more than likely carrying two and are you going to carry your, your free agents, you know, cool as far as deciding of wins and the kid you drafted and the Dan Heritage Taylor Heineke. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, he didn't really inherit him. He played for them in Carolina, so <laughs> yeah. they're familiar with him, but still. Um, you know, just interesting stuff there. And then, um, you know, uh, Brian Robinson, you know, he, he's he's a guy that looks like he's going to be able to add something to their backfield. I mean, he's a big guy, kind of slender, looks a little bit like AP, you know, as far as, you know, the physique. Um, but uh, he can catch the ball out the backfield, and that's not something that they, you know, ask him to do a lot at Alabama where they just run north-south. But he looks like a guy that, you know, could, could, could really give them some meaningful minutes. Um you know, and as far as the veterans, I mean, what can you say about Terry McLaurin? I mean, he's out there making plays every day. Uh, but another guy, and you know, I got to do it. We are because uh, <laughs> Jahan, Jahan Dotson looks like, you know, as as I knew, advertised. You know, I broadcast games up there at Penn State, so uh-huh. I've seen the kid for three years, and and you know, he, he to me, I've told people for a long time, this kid has a chance to go down as the best receiver ever coming out of Penn State. Uh-huh. That's how good he is, and he's great route runner, great hands. Um, I'm telling people right now, you know, his his comp to me is Odell Beckham. That's that's his comp to me oh, because wow. that's high praise. Know, that is high, high, very high praise. Yeah, you know, you really don't know how fast Odell is until he's in the open field. Um, that's Dotson. You know, when he gets in the open field, no one's catching him. But you know, he, he's just so smooth, you don't realize how fast he's running black people or how fast he's getting in and out of his routes. Um, but anything near him within a foot of his range, his catch range, he's catching it. I don't care who's on him, the ball sticks to his hand. So i uh, really impressed with him as well. So, like, you, you mentioned Sam Howe. So would you say that Sam Howe is the is – he, is he looking better than Carson Wentz? No. Okay. I'm All not right. gonna go that far. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he, Car- Carson Wentz. Listen, Carson Wentz makes throws that make you scratch your head, and then he makes throws that wow you. Like his arm strength is phenomenal. It's there, but you know he's been he's been inconsistent. You know with his with his with his balls. I mean, some of the some of the throws are high. They sell on him a lot, and it's kind of surprising considering he's six five. You know, almost close to six six. He's a big dude. For his bones to be so high over receivers, um, but I just think that sometimes that's just getting used to the you know familiar with you know the packages and the plays and you know I don't know if that's something that should be a big cause for concern right now. I mean, last year people said he wasn't that good, he was inaccurate in Indianapolis, but he had 27 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you're going to get this year, I'm signing up for that right now on the phone with you guys. Thanks. 
Facts. Facts. I never want another man's balls that high over me. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I know. But, and every time I check that, I'm like, I don't like the analogy. Like, I know. The sailing. How about that? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, brother. Um, let me ask you this question. Let me let me, let me ask you this question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, seriously, uh, back, uh, back back to back to business though. Um, this the Commanders made a little bit of news today um, because they released their defensive line coach Sam Mills the third, and the report that that's come out of camp or out of um, the Commanders, you know, from the Commanders and Ron Rivera is that there was a difference in opinion or difference in philosophy. Excuse me, between. Rivera and Sam Mills III. Let me ask you this, Lake. Um, mm-hmm. In all of your years of covering football, can you remember that a coach has made a change to his coaching staff less than one month before the uh, season and not only make that change, but it be to a very impactful position within um, his coaching staff? Well, I mean, you know, there, there's been moves like this in, in, in the past, you know, um, and if you're going to make the move, you want to make it before the season starts. And, you know, they already have someone, um, you know, his assistant is, is a guy that a lot of people are really high on anyway. Um, you know, so I don't think they're going to miss a beat as far as the scheme or schematic stuff like that. I just think, you know, the, the hard nose, the art, the yelling and the, you know, Sam Mills Jr. was tough. I mean, he was almost a taskmaster tough and, I think that rubs some of the guys the wrong way. I really do. And I think that, you know, for Ron Rivera to make that move shows you how how bad it must have gotten, you know, as far as with the other with the players on that D line saying things because you gotta think his dad played for uh Ron yeah. Rivera. Yeah. You know, so And he I was on his was, he was on his staff in Carolina also. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't I don't think that, that was an easy decision. But kudos to Ron Rivera. You know, I know we, we kill him sometimes for not making certain decisions. Some people probably thought that he should have went one more and gone up the chain a little bit on D coordinator, but that's not going to happen. And maybe they saw something that wasn't getting the best out of their defensive line. And let's face it, when you have all those first rounds sprinkled across that line, there needs to be better play, um, not just individual play. I know. Chase Young two years ago, defensive rookie of the year. Last year, John Allen had a breakout year. Um, but you need Montez Sweat. You need Deron Payne. You need, you know, um, everyone on that line to step up and play cohesive football and be the dominant unit that a lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure you guys as well, think mm-hmm. they can be potential-wise. Um, you just got to play. So maybe that, be, that, that, you know, the line coach just wasn't bringing out the best of them at the same time, chastising them at the so you got to look at yourself in the mirror, too, if your unit's not performing well. Let me ask you this. Uh, about two months ago, we saw that Warren Sapp was at their OTAs. Um, do you think Warren, there's a place for Warren Sapp on this, co- on this coaching staff if he wants to get into coaching as a, defense, as a defensive line coach for Washington Commanders? Yeah, there's always, you know, an opening for a Hall of Famer. I mean, of course, a guy this actor. But I think what's going to happen is – I mean, I'd be shocked, and I'll come right out here on your show and say it's going to be Ryan Kerrigan. That's what's going to happen. And I think it's a great move. Uh, You know, Ryan just, you know, told us all last week when I talked to him, and uh, you know, when he was at the facility, that that's what he wants to do. 
And, you know, he, he made no bones about it. It's not something he wants to do down the road. He wants to do it now, even so much that he said that his wife and kids want him out the house. Or they're not used to him being in there. So he, he clearly wants to, wants to still be involved with football. And what, what better way than to, you know, usher in the commander's new name, new brand, with, with one of their all-time great players. You know, Ryan was a guy that we all thought, you know, sometimes maybe – the, the team pumped them up a lot, but at the end of the day, he's a really good football player. I mean, the team does that. That's what they do. They find no, the guy that's thank good. You remember, and they make you, him, thank they you remember. Thank you. Remember, we used to great. talk about. Remember, we used to talk. I used to talk. Well, I used to talk about him a lot. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Ryan. Ryan was is an all-time, all-time uh, Washington uh, great. You know, he's a guy that you know commanded uh, attention on the field. You know, double-digit sacks pretty much every year. Started yeah. his first game. Um, with with a with a touchdown, you know, tip ball, they ran him for a touchdown. I mean, so he, he's a fan favorite, and I will say this: he's one of the classiest guys that I've ever ever had the privilege to cover. So it'd be nice to get him in there, and I know that guys would listen to him because he's proven himself. And 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 let's face it, he's proven himself on a limited, you know, limited arsenal. So I mean, he was a bull rush guy that went up the field, and yeah. everything was about effort with him. Um, but now you get a guy like that that can get the guys to give the effort to go with their natural God-given abilities as far as, you know, to go along with some technique. Now, you know, a Chase Young should be a guy that stands right out, a Montez Sweat, guys that, that Ryan Kerrigan, you know, played position-wise on that edge. And, and I, I think that he could help these guys. And uh, I think it would be a good look for Ron Rivera and his staff to bring him on immediately. All right, let's take a pause for the cause. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Right now, we're chatting with Sports Journey Commander Reporter, Lake Lewis Jr. All right, Lake, let me ask you this. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's fast forward through the rest of this week. Saturday at 12 p.m., um, Mm -hmm. a lot of fans are going to be excited because this team has their first preseason game. Um, Mm -hmm. Who should we we be looking – not we because I'm not a fan. um, (laughs) But who should the fans be looking out for, keeping an eye out for um, this Saturday? And do we and I mean, uh, and also uh, there's a second part to do we know what the uh, the schedule or the plan is for the starters? Yeah, I mean the starters are probably more than likely going to get a possession, uh, or you know depending on how successful they are with the possession, you could see them for two. But I don't expect to see Carson Wentz beyond the ten minute mark of the first quarter. If <laughs> that, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised actually if he didn't play. Um, but, but, I, you know, new, new, new guy, you know, new system. So you definitely want to get him to work in, in a real game time situation, but series and that's it. Um, but I think people to look out for, I mean, I mentioned some of the guys earlier, Sam Howe, I mean, look out for him because he's probably going to get a full second half, um, you know, and, and depending on how well he does, you know, can he press Taylor Heineke a little bit? I think he will to be brutally honest with you. Um, uh, you know, look for, uh, Jahan Dotson, you know, just early because I don't think he's going to play a whole lot either. I mean, he's a starter, and they don't want to, you know, get anyone injured that that has has an intricate role yeah. that they foresee. Um, you know, Brian Robinson's a guy that I think you know you could look out and, and get a chance to see what he can do. But then on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, I, I think I think you might see a guy like Khalid Hudson play a little bit longer. You know, maybe a first quarter, um, but he's a guy that's had a pretty good camp so far. You know, kind of solidifying himself as, uh, you know, the third linebacker 
um, when they do three three linebacker sets. But everyone knows that Ron Rivera likes to do two linebacker yeah. sets. So, um, you know, but I but I like what I see with him. Ken Butler is safety. I mean, he's a playmaker, and he's a guy that's really starting to, you know, <laughs> play push himself for some some le- legitimate playing time. So. There's a lot of guys. Um, Elder at cornerback. I really like his game quite a bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are kind of under the radar, but are really good football players. And this is going to be, I think, this is going to be one of the tougher, tougher calls as far as who makes three-man roster. Once you get to like 40, you know, it's going it's going to be tough for those those other players because they've got more talent across the board now and they've got some depth. So there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be, you know, protected and put on that practice squad, um, the tight end position. You know, it's going to be interesting to see with Cole Turner and, and Curtis Hodges and, you know, um, uh, you know, Sammy, Sammy's Reyes, you know, how they're going to fit all this stuff in, uh, you know, because uh, Logan Thomas is, is, is looking nice. Obviously, he's not going to be ready to start the season. But he will come back, you know, probably sooner than later to start when the season starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all these tight ends. So are you going to keep four tight ends? Some teams, you know, traditionally would do that. But who's going to be your fourth tight end? You know, there's going to be an odd man out in this because obviously John Bates is going to be on the roster as well. Um, and he's he's your second tight end, you know. So, uh, you know, I would look at the tight end position as well. So like, before I let you go, I do have one question. So who – like they lost, you know, a valuable kickoff returner, punt returner last year, and Carter. Mm-hmm. So who's gonna who's gonna pick up that role? We are. Come on now. Oh, he's gonna do that too. <laughs> of course. You gotta that's say that. You gotta say that dog for the like. You gotta say yeah. that dog for the for nah, like nah, nah, the listen, offense. Listen, listen. <laughs> he's special at returning punts. <laughs> okay. That, I mean, when I say special, go back and look at the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, led the Big Ten. I mean, that's what that's what he does. Okay. I mean, and. Teams were kicking away from him intentionally because when he touched the ball, it was you held your breath every time. I mean, he's that phenomenal in the open space. So, you know, when you get a chance, go back and look at Jahan Dawson, uh, you know, returns at Penn State, and uh, and you'll be amazed at what you see. All right, this is a, before we get you out of here. One last fun question for you: It's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you joining us. It's date night. So, in West Virginia, is it a white cloth restaurant or are you at a chain restaurant let us know we'll let the people know what's nah, date like night in west virginia nah this is this is the first time we've actually come to this place but we're at texas roadhouse gotcha so, hey there's nothing wrong with yeah. that i like i like texas nothing wrong with that yeah, like nothing wrong with that i like that spot yeah yeah I mean, and you, you mentioned everything. you mentioned that name so they should give you a free meal once you go inside <laughs> Advertisement, right? Advertisement, man. Advertisement. Advertisement. I mean, it is kind of like that down there. I'm not going to lie. I, just, I, mean, I know. Hey, your boy threw out the first pitch the other night for a baseball game. Oh, did you really? So, oh, I man. sure did. Oh, I'm going to post tough. it tomorrow. So, yeah. That's what's up, man. Congratulations on it. You got it over, right? You got it over, right? I got it over. Okay, that's all, it need, that's all that matters, man. That's all, that's all that matters. And just remember, <laughs> man, my offer, if you need someone to do live drops from the stadium, because you're in West Virginia, I got you. I'm the man. I could be. I could be there. Wole could. You know, Wole has the skills with the oh, camera. Oh, oh, I'll be up there. Don't worry about it. I mean, just. I mean, if you need someone just to join you, you know what I mean, in your live drop. 
I got a lot of gray hair in my beard, so it looks like I have wisdom when I'm talking about football. Like he's, seen, he's, seen, he's like Moses. He's seen God, man. It's like this. You know, so if you need, if you need, if you need some sage advice or wisdom in your live drops, Yo, let me know. Man, I can show Lex, up, man. man. Hey, Lex, thanks for being on. Let our listeners know how know how they like, catch you, you know, on social media and what you got coming down the pipe. Uh, well, you can check me out on social media at Lake Lewis on, uh, on Twitter at Lake Lewis Jr. on Facebook and Instagram. Also, uh, you can go to uh, com, you know, to see my, my stuff from my anchoring. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, of course, you know, as always, uh, you can go on com. So we're still there, still doing it up. Uh, shout out to Serge, the shooter, you know, doing a great job oh, yeah, posting definitely. pictures and, and video for us. And then uh, Bob Matthews, you know has an article that we're going to post, uh, you know, it's not tonight, first thing in the morning. So it's coming and it's a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of stuff, you know, going on. So definitely appreciate all the support. All right. We appreciate you, brother, man. We do though. We definitely yep. appreciate you. Like, thanks for being on, man. You know, we appreciate you, man. Much love, man. Uh, all right. You guys take care all now. Right. All right. You too, man. I'll holler at you later. All right. all right. After the break, we will discuss, should the Wizards go after Colin Sexton? We'll debate that after the break. It's the Urban Sports Scene. For I just your dig doses on Empire Media. That's empiremedia.com. Dot com. Jerusalem, Italy. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T and myself, Wole. We are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. All right. Over the weekend, news broke that KD told the Brooklyn Nets. No, we're talking the Wizards, man. Sexton. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I'm all the way down the down down I, I got you, bro. That's all good, man. Appreciate you, man. I got you. So the Washington Wizards have been rumored to be interested in Cleveland Cavaliers point guard Colin Sexton. Uh, would he be a good fit for the Wizards? As a six man, yes, absolutely. Oh, you don't think he's a starter on the team? No. I, well, so here's the thing, cool. man. You 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 got. Monty Morris. Monty Morris. You got Monte Morris, and then you also have Bradley Bill, right? Mm-hmm. And Bradley Bill's a very do- ball dominant guy. We have this conversation all the time. Yeah. Colin Sexton is at his best when he has the ball in his hands. That's why, you know, I, in my opinion, I believe there's some trepidation on this side to bring on Cleveland side to bring him back because Darius Garland Jr. has developed time. into a into an all star, yeah. and he's the primary playmaker. And then you, you know, if you were to bring Colin Sexton back, how could you put those both of those guys in the same backcourt? Whether if you're going to start them in the same backcourt and yeah. it be effect, be effective and efficient, yeah. right? And also, Colin Sexton is known as a guy you know who doesn't he he's built a reputation, whether right or wrong, of being a guy who isn't necessarily efficient with the ball from a shooting from a scoring perspective. Yeah. He's more of a volume scorer than he is with um, what people look for today, which is efficiency yeah. in shooting. I mean, I like. I, I think it'd be a good fit because he has the mentality to me of a dog, like you know John Wall. He's a guy that would get. He takes the competition. He goes into it trying to, to try to bite your head off. 
You know what I mean? Like to your point, yeah, he's not as efficient, but I do. I look at him as like a poor man, John Wall. This is just a guy that, yeah, is he the playmaking point guard, gets getting ten assists type of guy? I think time will tell. I think he can get to get to that role. I mean, Cleveland's a whole different animal, especially when you got Garland when they when they uh, brought in when they drafted Garland, and you know him. They're this basically playing two point guards. One and two. Yeah, I mean, guards. you got two guys who aren't um, from a from a height perspective, yeah, height right? Aren't it's really two it, yeah. So I just think that you know, in a situation where you play with a guy like Bradley Bill, it will allow you to play your natural position. You know, I just felt like if you watch games before his injury, man, like yo, he was chilling. You know what I mean? That obviously they went to another level once. You know, when he went down, the team got into a role, but he was killing it anyway. Um, so I just think that if the Wizards had the opportunity to get him, they should. I don't like the. I mean, I don't think the Wizards have the money or the tools to get him. Um, the money. I think they have the players, but they have the money, the money to get him. Um, but and especially to your point, right? I mean, will that they got um, Morris, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, then are they? Do they need? Do they really need to go that hard in in getting a player like that anyway? Uh, I, look, man, they're Colin Sexton. He shouldn't necessarily be that down because he hasn't signed a. A long-term contract yeah. that he's looking for, right there. Yeah. There are guys who, like I, he's trying to get. yeah, there are guys who project whose game projects similar to his um, that made a very long career in the NBA. And specifically, I'm talking about Lou Will. I'm talking about um, Jamal yeah. Crawford. Right. Like guys who have been known, to, yeah, yeah, guys who can get a bucket. You know, yeah. a six-man who can go get you a bucket in any situation, even in crunch time. You know, so I, I know that for him, he's probably disappointed that he may not be getting the offers that he wants. But the best thing he could do is, if he's not getting those offers, sign that qualifying offer with Cleveland, ball out, and then you take yourself in the summer of 2023 and you go out there and maybe you don't get the 20 million, but you get something closer to a team, you know, to a team that's looking for a piece over the top to put them over the top. Um, reading a couple of Facebook comments, uh, Woj Tech uh, posted, unless they try it, we will never know. But I see him redund- uh, redundant next to Bill. Wizards could use a Chris Paul, John Wall kind of player. Um, Matt on Facebook posted, if he can fit in the salary structure, he can fit on the court. Um, Greg McClain said, if we were to, if we were to get him, somebody here would still find something to, 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 to complain about signing. signing. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, I might be that guy. You know, I'm known to criticize the Wizards, you know, acquisitions, especially free, free agent acquisitions, if they overpay for those guys. So, yeah. it's possible. I, I don't know. I feel like this is a young player. Um, I feel like it's a good fit. But I, I – I, it's because it, it, he gives me he gives me wall vibes, and I think you know for the Wizards they need a guy that wall vibes. He gives me wall vibes. Ooh, like, that's interesting. Like what I mean by that is is that the mentality. You know what I mean? Like you're not scared of anybody. It's like the same reason why I like Jalen Brown so much. It's because whoever you're going against, you don't feel like they're better than you. Um, it goes back to what we saw. You know, who can forget the the the, the uh, video that went viral with. Um, Colin Sexton in college, where, you know, like the intensity of playing defense. You know, he played for – I think he played with Avery, Avery Johnson um, in yeah, Alabama. Like the way he plays defense. He's a guy that, you know, had to carry a team in Bama. And in Cleveland, I mean, his rookie year was pretty was, – was a good rookie year. Um, they went and got uh, Garland. Garland was one of the better players in the country when he came out. So you had to get Garland. Like it's one of those players you just kind of had to get. 
and he, it, it, the unfortunate thing that you, you play the same position. So you know what happens, right? Usually what happens, you got two guys play the same position. It doesn't really work out. You know what I mean? They, they'll say, yeah, maybe we can play the both of them, but it really doesn't work out. No, You're going to choose one. Yeah, especially when one's been injured and the other one's developed yes. into an all-star. And also and the other one is developed to a point where, like you just mentioned, he's a shooter too. Like he can shoot that ball. So you're going to, in today's game where it's a copycat, copycat league, right? You're going to want a guy that can give you more spacing because he's that J. He has the J. So he allows spacing for the bigs and whatnot because you got to be you got to worry about Garland's range and his jumper. So, yeah. So, so I feel like in this situation with the Wizards, I mean, if you build it a certain way, like you got Bradley Bill, yes, he's ball dominant. And you're right. Sexton needs the ball in his hands. But it gets to a point where, like, there's other things I think he can do to help the team win. Ultimately, for me, if they sign him, he will be the quintessential six man, in my opinion, for this team. If I look at the way that yeah, this I team mean, is built, and I say, no, currently right. constructed, he would be the quintessential six man. Somebody you could just get a ball and say, just go. Yeah, in a second. And, and, that, and, and I'm wrong with that, though, real talk. <clears> not only is there nothing wrong with that, it's essential. Yeah. It's essential in today's game. You need a guy who can create baskets for himself and others coming off the bench for you. Yeah. Um, and could do it at a at a high at a high uh, clip. Yeah, I've always like that. That type of role has always worried me for a younger player because I didn't like it for. I ain't gonna lie at the time. I didn't like it for Jamal Jamal Crawford. I thought Jamal Crawford could go. He should, he's, like he's a dude. I thought it could have been an all star, but somebody like kind of valued him as a starter to put up numbers like that. But um, but um, but when you look at other players like that, like. There are other players that are older in their age. They're six men and get buckets. I'm like, all right, it's cool. Eric Gordon likes a six man. I don't like that either. I didn't like that either for a while. Why? Because Eric Gordon got game. <laughs> I mean, he does, but then, you know. Because there's it, guys it, in the league that are starting. I guess I, I guess I look at it. You know, I have that that old mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are a lot of guys starting over him that's, like, starting other teams. And, like, there aren't better than Eric Gordon. Yeah, that that's true, but you also have to take this into consideration when you are developing kind of your rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, I can put that guy who may be starting or Kevin Porter Jr., right, who's yeah. starting in front of him in Houston. Kevin Porter Jr. won't be as – I think he's a guy he, who can go get you a bucket, but when it comes to a guy who could be that central piece of your second unit. Yeah. and See, I, I agree with you. You think that Kevin Porter Jr. can be a, a, a what? Could be a six man. I think he could. Yeah, I, see, I see him as a six man. I think he could, but I, you know, ultimately, you know, um, the thing about Eric Gordon is, no matter any situation, you can bring him off the bench. He's going to go get you a but he's Easy. he's he's going to go get you a bucket. And then the mentality standpoint, yeah, right? You, <clears throat> you know this about Eric Gordon. He's going to prepare as if he's a starter. Yeah. He's going to come in the gym every day and prepare as if he's a starter. You don't necessarily know how, you know, with Kevin Porter Jr., his mentality would be if you put him to the bench. So I, I guess there's also that that you yeah. got to take into consideration. That's true. Yeah, I just feel like the Wizards, it's, it's, that's a good point, though. What would you pair Bradley Bill as a, as a point guard? They do need a Chris Paul type point guard. But I would argue to say that, to be honest with you, I mean, I like Monty Morris. Everybody not, needs a Chris Paul. Yeah, type everybody needs guard, one, but right? that's not even in the same. But he's not even Monty Morris is not even in the same category. You know what I mean? Like they're like he's a like I look at Monty Morris as a, Monty Morris in, in terms of a point guard, like a who's that? Like a Malcolm Brockman. 
just dirty. They're yeah. not like well, setting yeah. you up. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Just- I'm a, my, to me, my I, I I enjoy Malcolm Brogdon's game. His game to me is like similar to to Andre Miller's, right? And not 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 like the passer as Andre Miller. No, he's not. But the, very steady at the point. Steady, I agree. Steady, yes. Bigger steady. physical yes. defender. Agree. Um, can knock down an open J. Yes. Um, isn't a guy that. Uh, is going to go out there and take a lot of terrible shots, and he'll get you in your sets, and he'll create the right offense for you. Yeah, that's all. I, yeah, I agree. I think that's pretty much that that oak. But yeah, we'll we'll see. All right, Will. Now you can do this. You can do this read though. All right. <laughs> you are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Ray, T- Ray- <laughs> Wole, and Will T. Ray <laughs> Jeezy is out tonight. Oh, dude, I was about to end. I was about to take us to Kevin. I was talking about taking us to break. Oh, man. <laughs> I no, no, let's not go to break, man. Let's just keep going. We no, talk man. basketball. We got to do a break. No, what? All right, we got to do a break. Kevin yeah, Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant, it. man. All right, well, let me, like, all right, let's get into the All right, you know what? Get into the Kevin Durant thing, bro. All right, man. I'm with you. Kevin Durant told the Nets brass that he's it's either him or Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Mm-hmm. All right. Over the weekend, you know, Joe Sy, he recently came out, I believe, Sunday or yeah, Monday. Yeah, and he tweeted that support of his of his guys in the front office, mm-hmm. you know, um, and his coach. So let me ask you this: We usually know that a tweet from an owner or "I have confidence" is is usually the death mark, right? It's usually not too long after that Cut those next. guys are gone. Cut next. Yes. <laughs> so let me ask you this: Do you think? Um, they made. Do you think the Nets owner made the right decision, or do you think that he kind of stabbed himself in the foot, considering where they're at with uh, yeah. Kevin should, Durant? He should have been quiet. Don't have to respond to anything to, to social media. Like, who cares? Like, your owner, <laughs> your owner of the basketball thing. Um, but I will say this though: if it, if, if it is true, <laughs> if it is true that he decided to choose. Steve Nash and, and Sean Marks over Kevin Durant. I and I've, I've said this: it's, it's Kevin Durant's fault that, and, and Kyrie that they have Steve Nash as coaches. Like you chose this, this you chose violence, right? You chose this situation. Yeah. But I mean, Steve Nash from, from the, it, the it's right, it's out there. We see it as fans. We see it in terms of coaching. And there, I don't know if you've seen it. Even um, what's the boy they drafted? Because Ray likes him, the boy they drafted last year. Um, Cam they, Thomas. Yes. It's, on, it's a summer league clip, and it's referred to about, it was something about Steve Nash, and he rolled his eyes. This is before all of this beef. This is during summer league. Mm-hmm. And he rolled his eyes about Steve Nash. So it's out there. There's something about Steve Nash as a coach that these players aren't vibing, period. So if you're best, the best player in the game, arguably in the game, we say arguably in the game, comes up to you and says, I know they don't want to give too much power, but, you know, you need to get rid of Steve Nash or whatever. It's not like you're losing – a Hall of Fame coach. It's Steve Nash has shown you that right now at the moment that right he needs some work as a as a head coach. I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, I know so I'll, yeah, I'll break them. I'll break them down. Um, in the age of player empowerment, right? Um, we've seen that, and this was a statement that came from Kyrie Irving last year. You know, when it comes to decision making, um, yeah. me, Kevin, Sean. And uh, Steve Nash will, you know, will will make the decision together, right? So, you know, this is a statement that he's come out and said, right? And yeah. we we all know from the reporting that's been out there is that, you know, the Nets have essentially turned over this franchise to KD yeah. and to Kyrie, you know. And then, you know, 
speaking of player empowerment, we look in across the country in L.A. with yeah. LeBron. Oh, yeah. LeBron was an advocate for Russell Westbrook joining Mello that team, and right? All these Mello, all those guys, yeah. man. So now, as as we see this kind of unfold out in the public, the question becomes: All right, yes, you know, player empowerment. We all like to see the players empower. We because we we as fans, even though the uh, ownership, you know, they have a lot to do with the structure mm-hmm. of the NBA and the organization. But you know, us, us as fans, we don't care about that. We care about the players on the seat. The yeah. players is what draws us to the arena, right? So as we see these two occurrences, probably the two biggest stars in basketball, do we start to see ownership and organizations take some of that power away? You know, because look, we gave you the power, and we gave you the power in Brooklyn. We gave you the power against one of, uh, for one of the most historic franchises in the NBA or all the sports with the Lakers, mm-hmm. and you ruined that. So now, what do, so what do the owners and the organization do? Do they start to take some of it back from here on, from, from this point on? Let's keep it a buck. They should. Mm-hmm. I think some of these players got way too much too much power. I love you know I love LeBron. There's way too much power. Kevin Durant, way too much power. I get like now if you didn't, I guess I would. I understand Kevin Durant's frustrations, but the, there is an issue what you just said. Like dude, like you chose violence. You Kyrie, you pretty much, and the owner allowed this by giving him all this power, right? By saying like, yo, you can choose the players, you can choose the coach. Like you basically you chose the coach. Like you chose the coach, you chose Steve Nash. So now it's to to a point. If you're being a cynic, you're being real. Just like LeBron, like oh, you thought Russ was gonna work? Well, it ain't work. Now you're on the low. You try and get rid of Russ. You know what I'm saying? Or or I don't think it's on the low. I think Russ wants to go. Yeah, I don't, but you know what I mean. But now yeah. it's like you found that you you figured out like it didn't work. You know what I mean? And even there were reports even during the season that you were like they wanted. To trade, there were trades they thought they could got over with mm-hmm. Russ in, involved. Um, then you have good, and also, uh, and into my second point, there's a very you know he talks about he doesn't he wants Steve Nash gone, but I think one of the things that people reportedly, reported <laughs> allegedly, allegedly reportedly, um, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people are taking into consideration with kind of the decline of this team over this past year is from a coaching standpoint. It is not just Steve Nash. It's because Ume Adoka had to got yeah. a, a head coaching job Ooh, in Boston. And you also had Mike D'Antoni who was an assistant yeah. on that team. Um, not this past season, but yeah. the season before that. Yeah. So you take two of the most, you know, one of the most experienced innovative coaches from an offensive perspective with yeah. D'Antoni and then Udoka who coached at the, went to the NBA finals. Yeah. Who went, who coached, who, his first season as a head coach went to the NBA Finals, but who had a lot of experience coaching in San Antonio yeah. with um, Pop. with uh, Pop with with Popovich, and then he also had experience coaching um, was it Doc? Philadelphia in Philadelphia, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know, he, so you know, with um, with Brett Brown, so he's had he's worked with mm-hmm. coaches. He's he's learned to build relationship with players, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying that Steve Nash hasn't done that with his two star players, but I. I'm just curious to know why, you know, the sudden change or shift in the direct and from a mentality that Kevin Durant wants both of those guys gone. To me, I mean, if it's not just one, if it was just Kevin Durant, Kyrie doesn't really, Kyrie goes every which way. So I'm not going to use Kyrie as an example. But when you see other players kind of like make these, you know, smirks and these remarks about, like, you could see a body language about Steve Nash. Then it's like, oh, there's something. You know what I mean? Like, there's something. I don't know what it is. So I'm not going to speculate, 
where there's an issue. But to me, it goes back to the same reason we all we all talk, and I do too. Like we talk about LeBron and that situation in LA. Like there's some of the players I did I did want, but at the same time, like that's your responsibility. Like you wanted these players, you vouched for these players, and it didn't work out. Like that's your responsibility because you you took on that GM hat, right? So you and they, and they empowered you. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. So you kidding nothing? Like that's what it is. In this situation, you were empowered. Like you, you look, you James Harden. You who signed off on James Harden? Yeah, KD wanted him. Wanted him in. All right, you signed him. All these people, man. All like they, it didn't work. Yeah, so, I mean that's so, that, so but that's player to, empowerment. Yeah, though. so you're you, gonna have to like look. When that happens to me, if I'm looking at, if I'm the owner, I'm like, all right, we we went your route. It ain't work. I don't need to listen to you right. Now. I, I ain't gonna. I don't need to listen to you like that. Like I, I'm trying to put put out the best product for my team. So now I'm gonna have to trust. Let me trust Sean Mark, Sean Marks, so he can do it and see if he can build build this team the right way. Not only that, I, if I'm Joe Sy, I have to look at it like we've given you all you want and yeah. you aren't accountable for it. Where's the leadership, yeah. right? Ooh, good point. Where's the leadership? We, yeah. I'm not. I'm just gonna be honest yeah. to, with you. I'm not gonna look to Kyrie for leadership because we've seen Kyrie yeah. as a guy who. I need a mental health day, you know, everything yeah. that's going on in the world. Yeah. You know, Kyrie blows, goes with the wind from yes. one day to the next, True. right? Yeah. But if I'm Josiah, I have to say, all right, yes, I have two of the top <coughs> ten players in the NBA, right? Uh-huh. But I don't have any leadership. Yeah. You know, Kevin Durant, to my knowledge, and I don't know how true this is, but, you know, the reports, once yeah. again, because Report. I'm not in that locker room, yeah. has kind of – refuse to take that leadership role within the locker room and kind of get guys in check. And I think one of the things that you have to look, we can all look back to is Kyrie, the handling of that situation. Like, did he go to him and say, look, bro, we in this together. I know, you know, Uh I know you have your, your personal stance of why you don't want to get the, get the vaccination, but we need you. Yeah. And and our window for this is is small. small. Yeah. We need you. I need you here. We right. trying to we trying to build a legacy, like, right? Yeah, it's, 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 that's what's all about. Like this KD move to Brooklyn is a legacy thing. Absolutely. I mean, is. look, Golden State, Stefano's got that yeah. that core three. They they, they they've got another championship got without you. Without you, it's not. An, and I, I'm a KD believer. Like, dude, like you were important to the championships. I'm not that person to diminish what you did. Like they needed you. Two times final yeah, MVP. They needed you to beat LeBron. Like they needed you. Draymond called you for a reason. Like they needed absolutely. You. So this is not a. This ain't a – we ain't crapping on KD. This ain't it. No. But I'm saying that to your point is that, yo, it is a legacy because everything is about uh, perspective. Uh, perspective. Perspective. Thank you. And, and the perspective is, yeah, like, you went on this Golden State juggernaut squad and got rings with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have your opportunity with your own squad. You had some good showings. Don't get me wrong with your squad in Brooklyn. You had some good showings. Like, yeah, you were you were a, a tennis shoe away from from, be, from from beating Milwaukee by by yourself. Yep. Yeah. So we're gonna I'm gonna give you your flowers, yep. right? But the end result is, in, within these two seasons, yeah, two seasons, you fall you're falling short. I mean, it's three. Let's be honest. Three. What first season you didn't play? Yeah, you didn't play three yet. The second season you played. Three. 50-some-odd games. Yeah. This season, you played, what, 40-some-odd games? Yeah. So, I, I believe in total he's played, like, 92 yeah. games over so three years. You've fallen short. So, it's not a not – like, you haven't even tasted the finals. And the Eastern Conference is supposed to be – at that time, people were like, oh, you're going to the East. Like, you about to get to the finals anytime you want. And then you look this season in the playoffs, 
where the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum they thrashed you, thrashed you, and they made they made, I, they made Kevin Durant struggle. I ain't think I ever I ain't think I could ever would ever see that like that offensive weapon struggle. So I'm just saying like at the end of the day, man, like yes, you got to take accountability like and your legacy. But I get the pressure like their legacies on the line, but all this is hindering that. And, you know, I know he likes to hoop. I know we all know that we know KD. KD's a hooper. That's what he thinks about is hooping. That's what he thinks about. He doesn't think about well, he does think about the narrative to a certain extent. But he doesn't like he just wants to focus on basketball. That's his thing. But you know what I'm saying? Like this, like I think he needs to leave that GM stuff alone and just just hoop. <laughs> it, there, there are very few players who, when it comes to analyzing the type of guys that would be great to, you know constructing a, a roster yeah. around their talents, most players aren't that great at that. They, yeah. they fail at it, yeah. right? Look at the the guy who we who some people say is the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Oh he's God. an owner. He's been an executive he's, trying to put together a team. Look what he did in Washington. Struggled. That, that team couldn't get over <laughs> it. For not, a while in Charlotte. Absolutely. For, for a while in Charlotte was struggling. Now he's starting to get some pieces. Yeah, he's finally, but, they finally have a star, for, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, but for a while in Charlotte, it was the same way. Absolutely, you know what I mean? so, so, I mean, in the age of player empowerment, I want these guys to get all that they can get. But when it comes to um, organizational structure and then also and, – and in some elements developing a roster, yeah. that's why they're paid professionals from that. It's, it's great to partner with your, with your star players and get their input. It should, it should be a team, though. But, it. yeah, but it's, a, but it's a team effort. And ultimately, those guys that sit up in those offices, they should have the final say. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. He needs to, they need to have the final say because – what he's doing, what his, what his issue is now, oh, it's just not worth it, bro. It's not worth it. All right. Teofimo Lopez. Will Teofimo Lopez regain his stardom this weekend? We'll talk about Lopez's upcoming fight after the break. It's the Urban Sports Scene. For Aegis. You dig? Deuces. On Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Dot com. Um. Come on, man. are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T and myself, Wole, and we are part of Empire Media. That's at EmpireMedia.com. All right. You want me to say it? Oh, no. Saturday is going down. Teofimo Lopez back in the ring, back in prime time, back being that guy, the the headliner. Um, He returns to the ring Saturday. He's now competing in the junior welterweight division. He faces Pedro Campa in Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. What defines a good showing for Tiafimo this Saturday? I think he's a knockout, man. I just feel like that, that Cambosa thing it has a nasty taste in my mouth. Um, so I just think, because I, I thought he, to me, he's one of the better young boxers in the game. Um, his, his, what he did to um, uh, Lomachenko 
was amazing. Um, I think Lomachenko started to figure him out towards the end, but what he did was amazing. Though. I don't think he started to he figure did. him out. He, fig <laughs> he started to figure him out. <laughs> right, right. And, <laughs> and if we are to believe Tiafimo Lopez, I mean, excuse me, Lomachenko, he did have a like torn rotator cuff. cuff. And yeah. what, even though with that, in the last five he was rounds, impressive. he was turning yeah, it he on. he was turning it up. He was turning it up. So, But it, it was an impressive outing, whatever, which way. But I just did that. Him not having that type of focus going into that Cambosa fight annoyed me. So I think to me, this fight, he has to show the world that, like, all right, he's back. Like, you know, being that type of boxer. We saw what Devin Haney did to Cambosa. So it, it's like, all right, so this fight here, this is not Cambosa, but this fight here against Campa, he has to show out. You know what I mean? Because then it's a whole different talk, a whole different process, especially moving up to Junior Welterweight. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Especially moving up. So you're going to have to show. And, and luckily, I think we all believe that his power is going to translate well at junior welterweight because he just has that type of power but we'll see okay so you're saying he needs one of those i, I think he needs star a, performances yeah, I think seven he, round, need, he needs a knock he needs to thoroughly round. dominate this yes contest and he needs a knockout yes. around six the rounds the later seventh or eighth round to build up that public view you know what I mean? Like to build it up a little bit more. Yeah, that's my thing. to get the public back in, yeah. in this corner yeah. for for all of us to uh, to get the hype train back to get the hype train back for all of us to salivate over Tiafimo Lopez as one of the elite stars, like young elite about, stars like in boxing. Like we talk about Tank and everybody else. Okay, well, all right, that's fair. Mm -hmm. um, as Ray says, I say that a lot. That's kind of my <laughs> go-to phrase. That's fair. But let me ask you this: Tiafimo doesn't come out looking great. He has a tough fight. Um, it goes to a decision. He gets a split decision. What do you think this does? What do you think that does for Tiafimo in that scenario? Oh, it hurts. It hurts him mentally. It hurts him. I think it mentally hurts him. I'm just thinking it's it's gonna it's gonna be crippling because then you got Cambosa. You lost to Cambosa, and then you had to you had to go to a distance against a guy that you should pretty much. This is this is like the a layup for you to kind of to go handle. There's no and any fight you could be taken care of. Don't get twisted, but this I think it would be damaging to the ego. You know what I mean? Just like a we talk about uh what's his name Edgar the the dude who not on for top rank that Balaga Balaga mm -hmm. yeah Balaga after he got like you know after you know once he got touched and looked vulnerable. It's been consistent, and now look at where he's at now, biting ears or whatever. So you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like to a certain, I'm not saying that Tiafimo is at that level in terms of just snapping or whatever, but I'm saying that it will do something to the confidence level. You know what I'm saying? Like when you were the guy, like you were on that top tier, you know, pound for pound list, and people were talking like, "Oh, you the next big thing." It was like, "Oh, could oh." He ain't beating Tank. I mean, Tank ain't beating him, or you ain't Devin Haney ain't beating him, or folks like that. Folks were dismissing it. Now it's like, yo, you like you're starting to become an afterthought. Now, I mean, he's moved up now, obviously, and wait, but I'm saying like he's becoming that afterthought. So I feel like if he loses, ugh. All right. Well, to me, I think it's not lose, but you know what I mean. No. Yeah. I, to me, I think it's important to for him to have a good showing for this reason and this reason only. Um, we're starting to come to the end of kind of the summer season for boxing. You know, we have one big card that's coming up on the 20th where we have the rematch between um, Anthony Joshua and Yusuf. Yusuf. 
Usyk in Saudi Arabia. And then you have Triple G versus um, Canelo to kind of get us to break us in time and kind of the fall, mm-hmm. you know, um, boxing card. But I think you know uh, a a star making performance for him is essential. You know, he he'll be on one of, if not the biggest, one of the biggest platforms in sports with ESPN. You yeah. know, that fight will be uh, on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Um, and against a guy, um, With Pedro Campra. Yeah, excuse me, Pedro Campra, a guy who doesn't really who who isn't a huge name. Yeah. Um, this is a, the type of fight that you need to kind of get your to get your confidence back. Um, and I don't know, you know, I haven't listened to any of the pre-fight kind of build-up or interviews. I'll probably get into that starting tomorrow. But you know, Tiafimo Lopez, you know, um, to me. A little bit was taken from him from a from a from some of that uh, cockiness, some of that swagger that he's had, for lack of a better word. So for him to go back in the ring and have an impressive performance and to get some of that confidence because he's been out of the ring so long, um, I think it's essential for him. The first, you know, I know you said he needs a, a star performance, but I think one he needs that that confidence back to go in there under live fires. And let the world know, hey, I'm Tiafimo Lopez. I was just a couple mu- a year ago or a couple months ago. I was considered. I was on top of the world. You know, I've defeated Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. You know, um, lost to Cambosis, but I'm still a star. I'm still here. And because of his personality, and because um, of the matchmaking at top rank, they, you know, yeah. if they view him as, I, I don't think this is an industry secret or secret or anything, but if they view him as kind of one of the next top guys, they'll put they'll bring him along in a in a um at a pace and at a position where he will they'll line up the opponents to make him look I'll good until he up. gets back until he gets back to the point where, hey, maybe um maybe uh maybe Lomachenko gets another you know, goes up to junior welterweight and gets a, a title and you know, maybe there's a rematch there. We I, we don't know. There's definitely money on the table for him. I mean, he went back to top rank after yeah. being a trailer. Um. <laughs> well, he 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 never left but you know top I mean. rank. Yeah, but he, yeah, he was with Bob Arum they 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 refused to pay the money. Yeah. for that fight. Yeah, but now he's like, uh, he's 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 all in. With, he's all in with yeah. top rank right now. And like to your point, um, they're going to build him up. But we, we we can't forget that the, the, that what Tiofimo Lopez is though like he's an he's a brash young man right like do, he does flips in the ring so to get that dude back I feel like he needs that type of he needs a, a good a good outing and I'm not saying like a dominant outing where he shows his, he showcases his skill and his power you know what I mean like he needs that outing um, but I, I'm with you though Bob Arum is going to put him in a situation to succeed. Um, the best situation to succeed. I'm not going to say that he's going to succeed. The best situation to succeed. Because, again, two guys are in the ring. One dude, both both individuals are trying to take off each other's heads off, right? Um, so that alone is a challenge. So for Teofimo Lopez, you know, this fight's big. Like, it's big, man. Um, it's a big fight for him. I expect him to show out, though. I do. I expect him to show out because I'm a believer in his, in his skill set. Um, I feel like once he ta- if he takes a- if he takes a- his opponent serious and takes his craft serious, like that same focus he had against uh, Lomachenko, that same focus. Though we we both admitted that Lomachenko down the stretch figured him out, but he had focus though during the first early rounds he was focused. Like 
Tim yeah. Lopez's focus. He has that. If he has that same focus, throughout, I mean, after, you know, after the Cambosa loss, he continues. He has that focus. That focus against Lomachenko, that he'll be fine. Because to me, he's just that talented. He's that talented of a boxer. Yep. So you know, Friday we'll see. You know, I hope hopefully he doesn't put too much pressure on yeah, himself. Um, he comes out relaxed and he fights the type of fight that uh, he that the world knows he's capable of, and he's also capable, and he knows that he's capable of. And, and also, you know, you heard that uh, Earl and Bud like they're this close. November, like they're this close. Yeah, I mean, allegedly it was October. Now it's November. I've always thought it's November, just from a scheduling In perspective. Vegas too. Um, yeah, just from, from a scheduling perspective, because we all know what happens in November is college football. And, you know, if the fight is going to be on Showtime, um, Showtime, I believe, um, is a Viacom property. I could be mistaken, yes. but, you Showtime know. Showtime is, yeah, it's, it's CBS, Viacom. Yes, yeah, C- yeah. Viacom, CBS. Yeah. So, you know, we all know what's big on CBS, college football. So they'll have a great um, lead in with a elite college football Matchup and then Saturday night we'll get uh, Crawford and hopefully, Spence. Hopefully, man. man. Hopefully, you know, and hopefully PBC they'll grant us our uh, you know what I'm saying? our press credentials. Yeah, hopefully, man, for real. Because my man, uh, I mean, it was all it was reported. It was this is reported by uh, Dan Raphael. Said deal for Spence Crawford is nearly complete, nearing completion. Well, and I, the fight is and the fight is penciled in for. The 12th or the 19th. 19th. Yeah, well, well, I'll say this. Well, if it is, then you probably have, you want a 90 day buildup, so you have to announce the fight sometime over the next couple of weeks and going into September. It's got to be built. That's what I'm saying. Remember back in the day when we were younger, man, when Tyson fights, you get built up? Yeah, man. I mean, we, we, I mean, but. Holyfield, Holyfield, Bo, like them things are built up. Yeah, but I I think one of the things that was essential to those build ups were they actually. Guys actually went from city to city, and they did promotion, right? Yeah, and they did true. that promotion on um, urban radio, and they did it on other sports, on other sports, uh, local sports radio channels. So, you know, if if it if the if the fight's going to do the numbers that we all think it can do, then you know, it's got to be a hell of a promotion, and you got to announce it pretty soon because I don't think this is. I think this is a fight that's huge within boxing, but like general pop yeah, culture, I don't not, think not it's, that's it's, what I'm saying. it's you need not to hype that. It. Yeah. So that's why I think you need to hype it. I think for boxing, like you said, boxing culture, it, I think it's, it's, it, it is what it is. You'll get a bunch of the boxing fans come out and watch it, right? But yeah, pop I, culture, you're right. I feel like you gotta you got to advertise that part for the pop culture so they can understand how how – how this is a party scene. Like, you got to be here for this. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't, I don't even think that the Canelo and Triple G, the the trilogy, the, the trilogy fight, I don't even think that's like a fight that the general public is that excited over. It wasn't beginning. I don't know now. I mean, I maybe closer as as we draw. I, I mean, like there was. I feel like this fight isn't that big to me. I'm kind of I mean, it's, it's what it's, it's four years since the, yeah, the rematch. You know I mean, no, I, mean, like, nah, I mean, I still want to see. I want to see. I'm going to see it. Like, I think some of the luster is, you know, Canelo lost. Yes. Even though against a bigger, a bigger guy, and then you know, Triple G hasn't been as active. Yeah. So it's not so the it, same thing. The hype isn't the hype isn't where it should be for that fight. But I, I still plan on watching it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. I think they're great partners. They're great dance partners. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's just, it is what it is. 
Hey, this has been a dope show. But make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. And again, I said this in the beginning. I'm going to say it again. Subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel, man. Get yes, likes, let Wallet Wale get those checks from you too, man. Not the money, not the cash. I want them checks. Not the that not the currency check. I want the likes checks. I want the subscribe check. You know what I'm saying? I want those checks. Hey, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media at amplifiermedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Hey, thanks to you all for tuning in. Thank thank the homie Lake. For being a guest on the show, gave us some laughs. That was kind of funny. Absolutely, man. <laughs> big, big laughs. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeti. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.